Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Join us for a journey as we go back to the great civilizations of the past. Who were the people? What were they like? How did they begin? And how did they end? Let's find out on episode 34, The Legends of Sparta. Last time on The Fan of History, in about, in and around 810 BC, chaos was made into order in the land of Laconia in Greece. From this rose a city-state of much promise, Sparta, City of Warriors. This is the first of a three-part series about Sparta. The first part will detail the origins of Sparta. In the second part, we will look at what life was like in Sparta if you were a man. And in the third part, if you were a woman. So, Dan, let's get this Sparta train rolling. A little nervous. Oh yeah. Yeah. Th these three parts about Sparta are by far the most popular videos on the Fan of History YouTube channel. So uh, I think I hope you will like these. Let us know what you think about them. Please do. So in this first first part, we'll talk about the founding of Sparta of the ancient myths of Laconia. We'll talk about Sparta of the Trojan War, okay. that is long before this. We'll talk about Lycurgus the Lawgiver. In part two, we'll talk about Spartan life, Spartan organization, Spartan warriors, and Spartan religion. And in part three, we'll talk about what it was like to be a Spartan women, a woman and uh, Spartan heterosexuality versus Spartan homosexuality. So, let's start with talking about the land of Laconia. This is part of the Peloponnese. 
you should really look at the map, but <laughs> this is an audio. <laughs> right. So we have Messenia to the west. Greece is divided into these natural areas by mountain ranges. There are mountains everywhere, and then there are plains between the mountains or valleys. Uh, we have Arcadia to the north, the Myrtoan Sea to the east, and the Laconian Gulf and the Mediterranean to the south. You can also hear the term Lacedaemon for Laconia. They seem to be used interchangeably in history texts. There is a river running through Laconia called the Ebrotas. We have the Tigetus Mountains to the west. They reach to 2,400 meters. That's 8,000 feet. That's pretty tall. Uh, the Parnon Mountains to the northeast, they are somewhat shorter, about 2,000 meters. So let's talk about this area in myth. Mythological Laconia was founded by King Lacedaemon, who was the son of Zeus and Taigete. He married a princess called Sparta. Ah, so that's where the name came from. Yeah, it's well named after a princess. Sounds great. Yes, so they had a son called King Amuclas, and he was the first king of Sparta. So obvious uh, legendary stuff might relate to some old Dorian chieftains that we don't know anything about. But the fact is that Sparta plays a very important role in the Iliad. So, and the Iliad talks about the fall of Troy, which happened about 1200 BC. So that's a long, long time before this. So how could there have been a Sparta? If, if I'm going to found Sparta in this episode... Right. How could there have been a Sparta? Remember uh, Menelaus was the king of Sparta in the Iliad. Mm -hmm. And his wife was Helen, who launched a thousand ships by being hot. Right. So archaeologists have been looking for Mycenaean Sparta quite a bit. And they found a small settlement. It had no real palace. It had a cult site. But it was probably not the Sparta of legend, but there is some sort of location. And it was destroyed by fire at the end of the 14th century BC. So at the time of the fall of Troy, this place wasn't there. Oh, it's just gone altogether. And the, the inhabitants of this very early Sparta then was, of course, not Dorians. And the Spartans are the most Dorian of Dorians. <laughs> So they, they don't share anything with this early place. And you can see in the Iliad how Homer is influenced by stuff that is actually happening when he's alive in Sparta. So he just uh, copies paste a lot of modern things into this Sparta of Helen. Right. You gotta sell books, man. Yes. Gotta make and Homer relevant. knows how to sell the books. Heck yes. I... Yeah, I own I own one of his books, <laughs> so still successful. Yeah, we'll introduce Homer in the 8th century BC, but we'll talk about him at length in the 7th century BC. Because I've heard so many stories about Homer and how he wasn't real, but he, he's a real person. He is an historical person, and we know quite a bit about him, actually. All right. uh, so remember that the Dorian invasion... Through Greek into dark age, Greece into the Dark Age in the mm -hmm. 12th century BC. There was the Bronze Age collapse. The Mycenaean civilization was totally destroyed. 
And this area of Laconia is very good for do the Dorian way of life. So the Dorians invaded this plain and were like, oh, here our herds will have a great time. So let's hang around here. But the Achaeans, the original population of the area, had pockets of resistance remaining where the Dorians couldn't easily get. But the old, of course, there, there is no city of Sparta yet then. The Dorians had organization, so they were organized into three tribes, 27 fratries, and many more clans. Mm, okay. do, do you know the word fratry? No, I have no idea. It's like a brotherhood. Oh, oh. So. Is it like fraternity? Yes. Oh. I think it's the old world for, word for fraternity. Oh, they so you have a lot of a lot of organization that works for uh, a nomadic herds people like the Dorians were, uh, and some of these distinctions were religious, but they were quite mixed with each other. And we know that this this time of the Dorians then before this time was very chaotic, and they lost writing, etc. We talked about all this. Mm -hmm. Megara, Corinth, and Argos are early Dorian city-states that were founded mostly by Dorians. And in the 9th century BC, people care about being Dorians, but later people will become Hellenes, Greeks, that is. So the, the rise of Greece will be, one of the main reasons will be that people now stop being Dorians and Achaeans and become Greeks. But in Sparta, you kind of, they, they are very proud to be Dorians. And Sparta and Argos will, will always be enemies. And they are both Dorians. So they, they sort of struggle about who is the coolest Dorian city. But in Laconia, the Dorians settle down. The dates of the first finds are contested. We can find proto-geometric pottery at the site of Sparta uh, from 950 BC. But there seems to be more in northwest Laconia. And this pottery has nothing in common with Attican pottery, so there is no influence from Athens. Uh, we get a shrine built on the Acropolis of what will become Sparta. The shrine is dedicated to Athena Polyochus. And we got the cult of Apollo at Amiklai somewhere in 850 to 800 BC. There is an Achaean community surviving in Amiklai. And uh, because they are at the coast in southern Laconia and the Dorians don't care much for the sea. They don't see any value in having controlling the sea coast. They're they like, where can the herds graze? Right. They can't graze the ocean. <laughs> Yeah, they uh, can't drink the water, and the it's can't worthless, grow, right? Yeah, they can't grow livestock on it. It's absolutely worthless. We have in Laconia. We have a, the Dorians are extremely religious and extremely conservative. So stuff that were lost in other parts of Greece were maintained a very very long time in Laconia. And another reason the, the Greeks become Greeks instead of Dorians and Achaeans is the Iliad and legends like that, the tales of the heroic age. 
And the Dorians of Laconia are very impressed by this, and that's probably why they get such an important part in the Iliad. So when they hear the legends of the Iliad, that mm-hmm. were probably not invented by Homer, but compiled by Homer, they start to worship Helen and Menelaus, who are then probably just fictional characters, but they, they establish temples to Helen and Menelaus. And I don't know how the Spartans even can believe this stuff, because they know that they haven't had a city in Laconia. <laughs> right. And that they don't come from Laconia. But they are like, oh, we are like Helen and Menelaus. And Menelaus got, uh, he is defeated in the Iliad. <laughs> and for they, some reason... Maybe they skipped thought, over that part. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, they did. maybe there was a Spartan edition of the Iliad where Menelaus wins. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. So there, there are plenty of gods here, and one of them is Apollo Pythias. He is very important because he is the god of Delphi. So there is a very strong connection between the site of Delphi, which is far away from Sparta, and Sparta. And we'll see when we talk about the Oracle Delphi how the Spartans have this super strong connection to the Oracle, which almost becomes comical at times. Uh, there are two kings in Sparta, the kings of the Lacedaemonians. They are also priests of several gods, and they do sacrifices twice a month. The role of the kings is <laughs> interesting. We'll talk more about that in the next episode, what, really, what, what you really are when you're a king of Sparta. Okay. But... They do command the armies, and they claim a blood relationship to Heracles. Because the Dorians were the sons of Heracles. Oh, okay. That's their justification for conquering Greece. Oh. Or the Achaean justification for being conquered by the Dorians. (laughs) Oh, they they were all part of Hercules. And it seems that Dorians had this two-king system long before they invaded Greece. And there is, of course, a Spartan legend of why they had two kings, but that it's... Uh, uh, we'll talk about that. Okay. So there was a king, one of the kings, the Heraclid Dorian. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. King Aristodemus died during the Dorian invasion. And he had newborn twin sons. And they were both made kings. And they managed to find a couple of twin sisters that these guys could marry. And when they died, their two eldest sons became the two kings, Agis and Eropon. And the two royal houses are the Dusty Agidea and the Eropontidae. Oh, these Greek words. <laughs> so one of the lines of kings came from Agis and one from Eropon. And then they have two aspects of Zeus that they worship. And they are like the two sons of Zeus. Mm-hmm. And the kings have to act together. They have veto power, veto, right. power veto. over each other. So if one king doesn't want something to happen, he can prevent it. And this means that uh, you don't want to have both kings on the same battlefield. Oh, because they would, we will learn uh, later. They'd have to agree on what to do all the time. <laughs> yes, that'd be awful. Well, I think they ca- they could make individual decisions, but the other one could say no right. for any decision. So if he's not around, then he can't say no. But if he's there, he can't say no. So, so at some point before this, during the Dark Age, we the Dorians cleared out the Achaeans out of the Laconian plain. They fought the hill people of the mountains. They had an alliance with the Achaeans of this coastal city of Amiklai. And they founded colonies in Crete during the Dark Age. We don't really know how that happened. So there are Dorians in Crete already. Hmm. And King Archelaus of Sparta, sometimes during the Dark Age, conquered Aegis on the border of Arcadia. Uh, Amiklai, the city that was sometimes allied with Sparta, was besieged and captured by a king called Teleclus, who was the son of Archelaus. And Alcamenus, the son of Teleclus, he conquered Helos. And Argos sent help, this is still during the Dark Age, mm-hmm. to rescue the city of Helos. And that was mm, the start of Spartan and uh, Spartan rivalry with Argos. And these events all happened before the king Polydorus, Polydorus, son of Alcamenus, who ruled Sparta during the First Mycenaean War. And we have king's lists from Sparta, and they are really hard to understand. And they don't include Lycurgus, the great lawgiver that we will soon talk about. 
So we have then this event that we discussed in the last episode, the Eunomia, the end of disorder. Right. This is pretty late for Greece. Uh, some of the other Greek city-states are already around in some shape. But in around 810, this change to orderliness happened. And after this, Sparta grew into this, into what we know as Sparta, very quickly. And if you ask the Spartans why this happened, why did this order end? It was all because of Lycurgus, this mythical lawgiver of Sparta. And in the 5th century, the Spartans worshipped Lycurgus as a god. And this, the, the laws of Lycurgus are... Uh, this, it, they are the old laws of Sparta, they must be obeyed. And after the Eunomia, there is a Sparta with citizens that call themselves Spartans. And this Lycurgus character becomes sort of like an early Roman king. Because Roman history uses the Roman kings, or the Romans themselves use the Roman kings as pigs, pretty much. So you hang stuff on them. If you, who built the great sewer? Oh, it must have been this king. <laughs> right. Uh, who invented the Senate? It must have been this king. But the Spartans go, who invented? Oh, it must have been Lycurgus. <laughs> so he gets a lot of credit <laughs> for a lot of things. It's just a great little, uh, little rubber stamp. They can stick on any kind of invention or, <laughs> or thing that they see. Yes. It's like, oh, I don't know. Maybe it was Lycurgus. Of the course next it, goes, was it was Lycurgus. Lycurgus. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Lycurgus is put in the king's list by some classical authors, but it seems to be an uh, after-construction that just happened. Uh, in Lycurgus' laws, there are no helots, which is this interesting kind of Spartan slave that we will talk about. They are not in the laws of Lycurgus. They seem to be invented later. Hmm. The connect I mentioned the connection to the Oracle at Delphi. And right. if you want to form a new community, if you want to form a colony later in Greece, you have to go to the Oracle at Delphi. And the Spartans like us to be likes us to believe that they ask the Oracle if they should build Sparta, if they should form a new city of Sparta. But the Oracle was probably not around at this time. Yet. So this doesn't sound very likely. But the, the, what the Oracle said is preserved. And uh, this is what the Oracle said to the Spartans, probably to Lycurgus himself, maybe. Huh. And the Oracle replied, found a new sanctuary to Zeus Silanius and Athena Siliana for new tribes and obes, set up new membership for 30 for the Gerosia, including the arch Gitai, from season to season, assembled within Babuka and Gnation. Under these conditions, introduce and adjourn the discussion and the decision to be the right of the citizens. That made sense, right? What does that mean? <laughs> it meant a lot to the Spartans. So we will not break we will not break that down, but 
you will see the terms that I said return. Okay. Because there are five hamlets, and they are the obies, and they are located on close to what becomes the the center of Sparta. So we make new tribes. So they abandon this old Dorian system of the three tribes and have five tribes based on which hamlet you came from to form the city. So these, you, the five hamlets are Limnae, Kunura, Pitana, Mesua, and probably Amuklaidan, this city they just conquered. Uh, and the tribesmen are named then after these five villages. And you, uh, the membership was hereditary, and each tribe provides a regiment for the Spartan army. And each tribe has an ephor. The ephor is a very interesting character in Spartan life because he's the overseer of the tribe. And his original intention was to make sure that every man in the tribe is a fierce warrior. But then the ephors are one of the few changes, one of the few things that changes in Sparta over time. So the ephors become very, very powerful later. And this was meant to destroy the old, the three old racial tribes that they had, right. because uh, they were detrimental to founding a united city. But it didn't work, so the three old tribes also come back in religious practices and in these fratries. And the clans don't go away at all, so the clans still have their own meeting places in, in Sparta. So you have to organize the Spartan people then. Five tribes, three old tribal systems, wow. the fratries and the clans. How are you going to get... Yet? <laughs> right. How are you going to get them all under, well, first of all, to agree on anything, and second, to get them under a single rule? That would be tough. Uh, well, that's a good question, and they will accomplish this by creating a Spartan identity that is so strong that it overrides all of this. But I want to give you an example, then, of what this could have been like if you want to Think, okay, I'm a Spartan, but I also belong to... So here is the... the these clan meeting places are called the Leshai, or the uh, Leshe. So we have here the Crutani of Sparta. They are a freightry. Okay. They are also a clan with their own Leshe, their own meeting place. They are part of the new tribe, Pitinatai, and they fight in the Pitana regiment of the Spartan army. But at the dance festival, uh -huh. their girls belong to the old tribe, Dumane. <laughs> and they dance with... <laughs> they dance under this old identity. Okay, okay. Wow. Let's not get deeper into this. <laughs> but next time we'll talk about the real power, the real important organization of Sparta, how decisions are made. We'll talk about the Gerosia, also mentioned in the Oracle. This is the Council of Elders. We'll talk about the Appella, the, the meeting of the citizens. We'll talk more about the Ephors. And we'll talk about the concept of being a Spartan equal. 
Because the Spartans are extremely equal once you reach a certain level. So this will mean that Sparta will become in time, when you get to classic times, Sparta is entirely different from any other place in the world. And this is mainly because of their, the way they organize. But that's all for next time. All right. Well, looks like in our next episode, we are going to talk about the second part of the series. We will look at Life of a Spartan Man. Yes, and the Agoge. The way you made a Spartan man oh. the most efficient warrior in the world. There's a method to these things, people. <laughs> There's method and madness. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Equal measure. All right, please go to our YouTube. It really helps us out if you can like and subscribe. Also, facebook.com slash fanofhistory. Twitter at the fanofhistory. Fanofhistory.wordpress.com for the website and patreon.com slash fanofhistory. Also, if you can, you can, you, well, if you would like, we are on iTunes and Stitcher. So please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We'll read it on the air. We just thank you for listening. For this week, I am Brennan. I'm Dom. And this has been The Fan of History. Sparta! Sparta! If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash fanofhistory. Just a dollar an episode would help us out. Thanks, and see you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.